Great news, everyone. Jesus is alive and well. This is Glenn Raglan Educational and Transformational Ministries. Great Ministries. Welcome to this week's podcast. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We adore you and we praise your great name. We magnify you throughout the earth. We lift up Kathy Crump in the loss of her husband and my college roommate, Steve Crump, who lost his battle with colon cancer. We lift up Carla Smith and the Smith family in the loss of Alan Smith. We pray the blood of Jesus over colon cancer. We pray that your word will go forth. It will not return to you empty. It will accomplish what you sent it to do in the name of the bread of life, Jesus Christ, amen. We continue our series on symbols in the Bible and their meaning. One of the most sacred relics in the Old Testament was the Ark of the Testimony, also called the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark was a box about the size of a seaman's chest, 27 inches wide, 45 inches long, and 27 inches high. It was made of acacia wood and covered in gold inside and out. Four gold rings were attached to the ark, and two poles made of acacia wood covered in gold would be used to transport the ark. On top of the ark was a lid called the mercy seat, which had attached to it two golden cherubs facing each other with their wings extended, touching each other. The ark is the manifestation of God's presence on earth, and in Exodus chapter 28, verse 22, it describes how God met and spoke with Moses. It says, And there I will meet with you, and I will speak with you from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubim, which are on the ark of the testimony, about everything which I will give you in commandment to the children of Israel. In Daniel chapter 8, Daniel was given a vision of a ram with two horns and a male goat. The angel Gabriel was sent to Daniel to interpret his vision. Daniel chapter 8 verse 20 says, The ram which you saw having two horns, they are the kings of Media and Persia. And the male goat is the kingdom of Greece. The large horn that sits between its eyes is the first king. As for the broken horn and the four that stood up in its place, four kingdoms shall rise out of that nation, but not with its power. Folks, the Persians overshadowed the Medes as Persia expanded its empire. Greece would conquer the Persians, first by uniting all of the Greek city-states except Sparta through Philip II, the father of Alexander the Great. Alexander's empire expanded quickly, but he died young with no heirs. So his empire was divided among his four generals, represented in scripture as the four horns with less power. The two-edged sword symbolizes God's word. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 proclaims, For the word of God is living and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, 
and of joints and marrow. It is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. My comrades for Christ, this verse has four statements about God's word. First, it is living. God is a living God. His message is dynamic and productive. It causes things to change within the life of a Christian. It gives warning to the disobedient and promises to the believer. Second, God's word is active, which has almost the identical meaning to living. God's word is not something that you passively hear, then ignore. It works in our lives and sends us into action for God. Third, God's word penetrates the soul and spirit. To the Hebrew people, the body was unity. We should not think of dividing the spirit from the soul. Rather, think of God's word being capable of penetrating what cannot be penetrated and dividing what cannot be divided. Fourth, God's message is discerning in that it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. The word passes judgment on our feelings and our thoughts. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 17 says, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. My Christian friends, the sword of the Spirit is used both as an offensive and defensive weapon. While the rest of the whole armor of God is used to defend the word of God can be spoken into life situations to put the enemy to flight. Wine is a symbol that means doctrine. And in Luke chapter 5, verse 37, Jesus says, And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, or else the new wine will burst the wineskins and be spilled, and the wineskins be ruined. My friends, Jesus was teaching that his way of doing things and the way the Pharisees did things did not mix. The teachings of Jesus was considered to be like new wine and the Pharisees wanted nothing to do with him. A day means a literal year in Ezekiel chapter 4 verse 6. God says to Ezekiel, and when you have completed them, lie again on your right side. Then you will bear the iniquity of the house of Judah forty days. I have laid on you a day for each year. Friends, although each day represented a year, it is unclear what the forty years represent. Were they forty years of sins from the past or forty years of future punishment? Fire is symbolized as the Holy Spirit in Luke chapter 3, verse 16, it says, John answered, saying to all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Folks, John the Baptist did not think he was worthy enough to take the sandals off of Jesus' feet. That was a job reserved for non-Hebrew slaves. But John's baptism was a sign of cleansing of sins, while Jesus would purify the hearts of the people with the fire of the Holy Spirit. 
Jezebel is a symbol of immorality, idolatry, and apostasy. 1 Kings chapter 21 verse 25 says, But there was no one like Ahab who sold himself to do wickedness in the sight of the Lord, because Jezebel his wife stirred him up. My brothers and sisters in Christ, Ahab was the king, but Jezebel controlled him. Her evil influence caused Ahab to go after idols, to look the other way at murder, and to lead the nation of Israel away from God. The color purple means royalty. Judges chapter 8 verse 26 proclaims, Now the weight of the gold earrings that he requested was 1,700 shekels of gold. Besides the crescent ornaments, pendants, and purple robes which were on the kings of Midian, and besides the chains that were around the camel's necks. Folks, Gideon was requesting a share of the loot captured from the Midianites, including the purple robes of the kings. In Mark chapter 15, verse 17 through 19, the Roman soldiers mocked Jesus by clothing him in purple, placing a crown of thorns on his head, and saluting him as the king of the Jews. Waters, in Revelation chapter 17, verse 15, means inhabited areas of people and nations. The verse reads, Then he said to me, The waters which you saw, where the harlot sits, are peoples, multitudes, nations, and tongues. My friends, these are people that are ruled by the Antichrist. And curiously, in the next verse, the Antichrist turns on its own people. Evil destroys evil. A door means opportunity. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12 teaches, Furthermore, when I came to Troas to preach Christ's gospel, and a door was opened to me by the Lord. My comrades for Christ, a preacher is always looking for the opportunity to preach the word so that God can be glorified. Paul preached all over Asia Minor whenever the opportunity presented itself. Revelation chapter 3 verse 20 proclaims, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him and he with me. Friends, Christ is offering the opportunity to share the blessings of a risen Savior. But you have to answer the door. He loves us so much that he will knock loud and continuously, praying that you will answer. This is the ultimate in free will for humans, to seize the opportunity or to reject it. Let's pray. Father, we hear your steady knock at the door of our hearts. We pray that all who hear will answer. In the name of the Son of Abraham, Jesus Christ, amen. If you answered the knock at the door and accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, congratulations. Send an email to hello at greatministries.org and I'll send you next steps. I continue to encourage you to find a good Bible teaching church, send your prayer request, your praise reports, and your comments to our email address, which is again, hello 
at greatministries.org. Please continue to pray for Great Ministries and share us with your friends, your family, your loved ones, and the unsaved. Stay safe, be blessed, and have a great week.